Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Tully, and I'm joined today by Cody Fowler. Our third host, uh, Ben Welty, is actually not with us today. He's down in San Diego this weekend, and he just got engaged. So congratulations, Ben and Sarah. Yeah, Ben, congrats, man. Um, We're missing you here on the podcast, but uh, we'll see you soon, just in time for Wofford. Absolutely. So uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, You may have noticed in our last few podcasts, we've been building up to the season with an in-depth look at the team. We've done some position previews and really been talking about our expectations. Um, but seeing as we have a bunch of new listeners who may not be you know, hanging out on the Tiger Net boards, subscribing to Tiger Illustrated, and reading up on the team in too much depth, we recorded this episode to tie everything together and give you all a, a very high-level preview um, in this episode. So welcome to our new listeners. T- to get a feel for what we're all about here on the podcast, uh, we, vi- we encourage you to visit clemsonpodcast.com, all one word. Up there, you can definitely subscribe and take a look at um, any of our past recordings and episodes. We've got those streaming within our page via SoundCloud. We also have links to podcast services. If you use an app on your smartphone, like the podcast app on, on an iPhone, or any Android apps like Stitcher, TuneIn, etc., We've got links to subscribe to the podcast within those apps up on our site. Uh, We also put a lot of other content out there on Twitter and on Facebook, and we've got links to our accounts posted on our site as well. So um, you can either search for us on Twitter, on Facebook, or take a look at our site, uh, get to, you know, get to know the podcast a bit, get a better feel for who we are and what we're all about. Um, So Cody, what can our listeners expect today in this season preview? Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're you know trying to keep this like the the key points. You know, your cheat sheet going into your tailgate. You know, you're not a person that, like you said, you don't live on the Tiger Net boards year round. You're not a Tiger Illustrated subscriber. Well, you just want like the key, the, the key, the the the, meat, the meaty points where you can go in and carry on in a conversation. So that's what that's what we're here for. We're we're here to like give you those those household names and and really just you know season breakdown too. We're, how are we gonna do? Are we gonna make the playoff? Are we gonna you know go to a really crappy bowl game? Absolutely. And the way I look at it this time of year, I mean, I've been reading as many previews as, as I can get or listening to other podcasts from around the country. Um, what, what this isn't is your two-minute Sports Center preview. I think on ESPN, you're going to get an SEC bias Network's take on an ACC team. They're going to do two minutes on us, not really dig that deep. Um, what we're sharing today is, I think you put it best, it's like your cheat sheet or Cliff Notes version. We've got about 45 minutes today, maybe an hour tops, um, of a preview of Clemson football. We're fans. This is a preview for fellow fans. Get you up to speed on what to know. Um, we, won't, we won't get too nerdy on y'all. We won't get too, too in-depth with every player's name and, and looking at every position group and talk about recruiting a ton. Um, we are keeping this pretty high level. So this is the kind of thing you can listen to on your way up to the Wofford game, um, whether you're going to a friend's house or going to go to the game at Death Valley. We're jealous. Uh, but basically, this will keep you hanging in the tailgate conversation. Uh, so in terms of how we're going to break this down, pretty much have four sections today. We're going to start with a recap of the 2014 season, how we did last year, just to refresh everyone's memory. We'll also talk about what are the top five takeaways from this offseason leading into the football season in the fall. 
Next section, we'll talk about need-to-knows throughout the position groups, some of the household names, and whether these groups, offense, defense, special teams, will be better or worse than last season, and give a little bit of our outlook there. Uh, before we get into our predictions, which we'll wrap up with, uh, we'll get into just the schedule. We'll run through who our opponents are, what stretches of the season look look really daunting or look like we can recover as a team. Um, so we will go through that as well and take a look at our matchups. Um, so thanks all, everyone for listening and uh, let's get into a 2014 recap. So 2014 was a really bizarre, interesting year. Uh, it was one where we saw Clemson shift its identity a bit from a very high powered offensive team under Chad Morris. Chad Morris was still around, but we took on more of a defensive identity, defense first team. Um, we didn't really find our footing as much on offense, and we find our, found ourselves in a lot closer games than expected last year. And this wasn't a like a, a forced uh, change of identity. It's something that ha- happened because we lost Taj Boyd, who was a very dynamic quarterback, and we, we went with a less dynamic quarterback in Cole Stout, and we realized how important that quarterback position is and the contrast between Deshaun Watson and Cole Stout was kind of the – um, it really illustrated that point. So, and then, yeah. then the, the progression of the defense under Brent Venables. Um, so, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you should see the offense kick back up into gear, but also uh, the defense is is on the upward upward trend as well. Definitely. And you mentioned Deshaun Watson. He definitely showed flashes of brilliance last year when he was healthy, when he was on the field. So, anyone who watched that North Carolina game or the South Carolina game, either of those you really saw what Deshaun Watson was capable of. He showed flashes even in the Georgia game, um, connecting on passes to Sharon Peak and some other wide receivers that um, really showed his talent and skill level. He was hampered with injury, and I think we saw that impact our offense. So just to put a little bit of ranking numbers against this, Clemson's defense was actually ranked number one in the country last year. Our offense, on the other hand, came in at 55th overall. I believe that's why you saw some of the closer games against some of the lesser competition in the ACC. We did win those games, but didn't have enough in the tank to get past Florida State and Georgia Tech last year. The good news is we broke the five-year drought against the Gamecocks last year. Couldn't be happier about that. Um, and we wrapped the season up in winning fashion, dominating the Oklahoma Sooners and the Russell Athletic Bowl a couple days before New Year's, 40-6. to six. So all in all, you know, a positive season, wrapped up great, beating the Gamecocks, and beating yet another high-profile college football program in Oklahoma. Uh, so that was last year. Moving into this year, Cody, um, my, I just wanted to quickly go through my top five takeaways from the offseason. You know, since the Oklahoma game, what's gone on in the program, and what are we? how does that going to impact us this year? Just go through basically my top five here. Number one, on defense, through either injuries or graduating guys or sending them to the NFL draft, uh, we are now down nine starters from the 11 starters last year. Um, A lot of these guys did go into the draft, though. Clemson had a great showing, and I think that's going to help us out going forward to rebuild our defense with recruiting, seeing some of these high-profile guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not just putting guys in the NFL, which is always good for recruiting, um, but there's already this pipeline of recruits that are that are being pushed up. And unlike traditional Clemson teams where you lose a, you know, a top-tier player like a um, you know, Vic Beasley from last year. We have guys that are coming in that are that are really good, that are also NFL players. So it's something a little bit different that uh, that Clemson is going to bring to the table. Yep. Um, next takeaway: Clemson offensive coordinator Chad Morris 
was hired away. He's now head coach at SMU in Dallas. He's being replaced by actually two offensive coordinators, both former Clemson football players. Um, Tony Elliott is going to be handling the play calling. He previously coached the running backs. We also have co-offensive coordinator Jeff Scott. He coaches the wide receivers and is basically our recruiting mastermind on offense. Um, So these guys are going to be taking over from Chad Morris. The good news is they coached underneath him. They're very familiar with his playbook and very familiar with the style of offense that we run. I'm not expecting a huge step in a different direction this year. Yeah, and they Chad Morris had already left before the Oklahoma Bowl game. So they had their first, you know, first chance, you know, to, to for Tony Elliott for example to call plays and they knocked it out of the water. We blew we blew Oklahoma out for uh, 40 to 6. So um, not to say that, that you know one game of a sample size means we can spread that across, you know, the, this whole year, but I think They've been under Chad Morris long enough. They know what they're doing. What we can expect as Clemson fans is to see a high-powered, up-tempo offense led by one of the best playmakers in the nation. So I, I don't expect to see a whole lot of drop-off. I'm kind of in, in the same boat as you, Tully. Definitely. You know, sad to see Chad Morris go. Wish him the best. He was great for our program, but, you know, we, we still feel like we're in a good spot. Um, touched on Deshaun Watson. He finished last season right after the South Carolina game getting ACL surgery. So a big takeaway is that he's been cleared to play. He's taking first-team snaps at practice. He should be good to go this year. Um, so that's definitely a positive. He will be the man this year for us. Uh, we, will, we will go as he goes. Exactly. You'll hear it all year. We, he needs to stay healthy. And we are a completely different team if he's not in there. So we're just going to monitor his health. He had, I think, a total of, what, four injuries last year? Um, and prior to that in high school, he was never injured. So um, it's kind of kind of odd. Um, yeah, we're knocking on wood here. So if he stays healthy, then you know the sky's the limit. And if he's not healthy, the limit is the sky. So excellent. Um, one more takeaway: we, we interestingly in Cle- on the Clemson team this year, we've had a number of dismissals, team departures, guys leaving football, guys saying they're going to come back to the team and then leaving the team and deciding to go in the supplemental NFL draft. We've had a couple of disciplinary issues. And as usual, you also get some preseason injuries. So that's going to be challenging and spreading thin some of our depth at key spots. Uh, But that's something that, at least on the disciplinary front, hasn't really been part of what Clemson fans have come to expect. We believe and we hope that it's not really a trend. We know Dabo Sweeney's got control of that locker room. You know, it's his program. There's a lot of respect, and we see him as the leader. Um, and you're, you are starting to turn over some of the you know, senior guys that left the team last year. So as the new leaders on the team step up, hopefully that kind of shores up discipline um, among the players. Yeah, it's been a, just a really bad offseason. But like you said, we've had really good leadership. High-character guys that are being recruited. You're talking about 18 to 22-year-old guys. So you know, there's going to be a few cases here and there. And unfortunately, it's all happened kind of in the same offseason um, with some dismissals. Um, but also injuries too. So I mean, that's it's it's a little um, it, it's just kind of odd um, how how the things have happened. But we hope that there's no more injuries, and and obviously I don't I don't foresee any more suspensions or um, dismissals. At least I hope not. Definitely. I mean, something that's helping that out. On the other hand, is looks like we have a really strong crop of freshmen, true freshmen, coming in to join on both sides of the ball. I think we'll see a lot of playing time from true freshmen in a number of spots, and. Would you say, Cody, this is one of our best recruiting classes ever? I think it is. I think it's our best recruiting class ever. I mean, they'll have to prove it on the field. 
But it's not only it's not only a great recruiting class in terms of talent three four years uh, from now, but guys that we need to step in and help us immediately. And I think you'll see that. So a lot of reason to be op- a lot of reasons to be optimistic, not just for this year, but um, beyond 2016, 2017. Definitely. And just to wrap up, maybe takeaways from the off season relates to off the field, but not too far off. As everyone remembers, Howard's Rock was vandalized two summers ago, um, sitting on the pedestal in Death Valley. Um, the kid that was arrested for that crime went through his trial, was found guilty, but ultimately got off with a hand slap. So a number of fans have been opinionated about that. What you, what's your take, Cody? Well, Ben's not here to uh, you know to kind of debate with me on this, but I say it's a rock. Like it's our our priorities are way out of whack. I mean, we we love football. We all stand behind that, but we're talking about a rock, and we're talking about like a 18 year old, maybe 17 year old kid. I don't know how old he was, but I mean, you know, he, he made a mistake. It was private property. He should be punished accordingly, but he shouldn't be a punished. He shouldn't be punished according to the way that we probably value football uh, in the South, which is probably a little bit overboard. Fair enough. Uh, and Ben would completely disagree <laughs> with me. So lock I, him up, throw away the key. Exactly. Yeah, I fall somewhere in the middle on that. I mean, you know, it is a it is a huge symbol of our team and our school. It's something that you know, if you're going to vandalize. First of all, don't vandalize, but you know you have to know how important this thing is. We all make mistakes, but um, I think the punishment should have, should have been a bit more severe. Yeah, I mean, teach him a lesson. Yeah, I I, uh, I think he got I think maybe a little bit more community service, but all in all, I don't think jail time was warranted. Uh, well, let's move on. Let's take a look at some of our position groups here. We can transition here to the offense. Uh, so, Cody, you, you've taken a long look at this offense leading into the year both with players returning and some of our freshman talent. Um, I guess, let's see, who, who are the household names that you know our, our listeners and Clemson fans need to know about? Um, who are going to be the, the playmakers that stand out in, among this offense? Yeah, and we've already talked about Deshaun Watson and how important he is, and I think everyone knows how, how important he is. But um, just a quick moment on, you know, on, on him because he deserves it is, um, he's, for one, he's a Heisman candidate. And he's not like it's not like a long shot. Like he went in those two games in North, against North Carolina, North Carolina State, and was maybe the best quarterback in the nation in those two games. Um, not saying it's realistic that he can play that well throughout the whole season, but it. I mean, frankly, it is kind of realistic. He's going to improve from his from his uh, freshman year. Had a whole you know off season under his belt. Now he's he watches films religiously. Uh, he watches film, excuse me. Um, you know and really just probably the most talented quarterback and play caller in the nation. So, yeah, he's your household name. But in addition to that, he's got weapons to get the ball to, his wide receiver core. And that's Artavis Scott, a guy who's an incredibly good playmaker, um, very, very quick, um, a guy that you can use in a different uh, variety of, uh, of ways out of the backfield, on the outside. You can use him a little bit in the deep game, but just very, very unique, very dynamic. And then Mike Williams, who is – can catch just about anything. He's like a bigger version of New Hopkins. Hmm. So I think the the two the two guys on the outside, Mike Williams, Artavis Scott. I mean, among others at that position. But those are guys that are first round NFL you know talents, and and then couple that with a guy that can get them the ball, and that's that that can make for one of the best wide receiving wide receiver cores in Clemson history. Yeah, I think last year, especially in the South Carolina game and the Oklahoma game, you saw a number of breakout plays, breakaway plays where our players just got loose and we had some very long touchdowns there. 
that goes to show defenses were, you know, the, be able to be exposed by the athletes that we have on this offense. I think these guys are going to be a year older, a year more familiar with the system, and we're going to see those plays as well. I think it's it's a matter of protecting Deshaun Watson, keeping him upright, but also giving him enough time to find those playmakers. And our offense could be really special this year, and we could be, you know, averaging in the 30s in terms of points per game. Yeah, I think we could even push 40, 40 points a game, which would be again historically good that's i and it's not it's not hyperbole to say that we could be historically good in terms of uh, clemson offense and you know maybe even a top 10 in the nation we'll get to our predictions a little bit later but it's gonna it's gonna be a lot we're gonna be lighting up some scoreboards like you said keeping deshaun watson healthy this is nothing um uncommon for clemson fans uh, an offensive line that can block for him and um but something also that is uncommon is not having necessarily a C.J. Spiller or at least a, a solid running back, which we don't know if we have a great running back this year. We have a lot of good ones. Do we have a great one? I don't. I don't see that on this on this roster. Um, maybe one area where if it's not to go the Tigers' way, I think that would be the, the case if maybe our offensive line doesn't gel with one another. Would you call the O line the weak link on the on the offense? Unfortunately. If any, if any. Yeah, I mean, there is a an element of you know gelling and cohesion, and you know this is another group that's replaced a lot of people. We're bringing in talent through recruiting, which is great, but you're talking about young guys, and they haven't played together before. So yeah, so I'm a little bit concerned. How are we going to protect Deshaun Watson, our most valuable asset? And then you know, are we going to get some help from the running back? And I don't I don't know right now how much help we're going to get. So that yeah, I would say it starts with the offensive line as probably possibly i should say the weak link i think in any event we ended the year last year as the 55th best ranked defense or sorry offense in the country number 55 i would say you know there's almost nowhere to go but up in that scenario and we should definitely best that number this season yeah totally i mean sean watson's out we might be right back at 55 but (laughs) if he's in we could be yeah top 10 definitely if i had a typify the strengths of this defense, Cody. I think for me, it begins with replacing that dominant defensive line from last year and understanding we lost some guys in the NFL. We've lost guys injury and team departures. But what I'm seeing from just studying this defense and fall practice so far is we do have that same caliber of talent already on this defense in terms of freshmen we're bringing in and guys that played behind some of those studs the past couple of years. So I feel like on the defensive line up front, I see us you know, it may take time for them to get some experience up there, but ultimately the talent's there. And I think we can bring the same type of dominant pass rush and really holding the front of that defense. We can bring a pass rush, that's for sure. I don't know if we can be as dominant, but um, Shaq Lawson was Vic's, Vic Beasley's understudy. So Shaq Lawson, he's a, he's a true junior, uh, yeah, a junior out of, uh, from Daniel High School out of, I guess that's Central, just right in Clemson's backyard who's really, he's been a backup, but probably would have started for any other ACC team because he's that good, you know, in his first or second year. In his third year now, it's, it's really his. his. It's his for the taking. And um, I think he has all-American type upside. He's definitely an all-conference uh, type player. And not, not the same type of pass rusher that Vic Beasley is, but a guy that it, both in the run game and the passing game, he's going to be able to be disruptive. And he's, again, probably in a long line of defensive, great defensive ends that have come out of Clemson. He's the next guy up. Um, and I guess, I, you know, to that point, having a good defensive end and then couple that with a great cornerback, 
that can really be the foundation for a really good defense. So we have that in Shaq Lawson as a as a defensive end. Mackenzie Alexander is, is a lockdown corner. He can literally he, – he's probably also a true junior um, – or I'm sorry, he's a redshirt sophomore, but in his third year, probably going to the NFL after this season. So those two names, um, Shaq Lawson, Mackenzie Alexander, watch out for them. Um, probably their last year in Clemson, but hopefully they can make some noise while they're here. Yeah, that, that secondary for Clemson as well has just tons of athletic talent and ability. Um, Brent Venables is the defensive coordinator, very good coach, and he's been able to bring those guys along. This may be the best secondary Clemson's seen definitely since the days of like, you know, DeAndre McDaniel, uh, Byron Maxwell, some of those guys, but, you know, definitely a, a very strong uh, core group on this defense. So both of those groups up front and then in the secondary can keep you in a lot of games. Yeah. The group- the group we haven't mentioned yet are the linebackers. Um, and I think that might be the area, if I had to typify a weakness here, um, on the defense would be the linebacker core in the middle. Yeah, we've, we've seen injuries there. I think uh, what well, we can, having Brent Vittables as a de- defensive coordinator and uh, his specialty, he was a linebacker, he is the linebacker coach. We recruit really well there. We're, this is going to be kind of uh, aberration, if you will, like, the linebackers probably aren't going to be as good as we've seen in in uh, recent years, recent seasons. So um, I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop off due to injuries. Uh, ben Bulware, I think he's going to be a solid guy, but he's replacing Stefan Anthony. Just a very good linebacker core from last year. You know, we lost a number of guys there. So Ben Bulware is going to be the name that we all we all know and remember. Um, but in effect, yeah, I think you know what, what I would like to see out of this linebacker core in the defense overall is. Um, get after the opposing quarterback and in games like Georgia Tech where you know they always give us fits in short yardage situations bend if you need to but don't break you know don't let Georgia Tech just continue to grind out the clock keep Deshaun Watson on the bench Um, you know let's hope the linebacker core basically doesn't end up losing us games by you know giving up tons of third down conversions and those kind of things yeah, exactly. I mean, Ben, don't break, and in this case, stay healthy, because after that first team of linebackers, we don't have a whole lot of depth there. Um, so, but it, again, more recruits, that, that's a position like back, you know, that can remind you of traditional, you know, those 90s, 80s Clemson, team with, uh, Clemson teams with just some incredible linebackers. That's going to be the norm. This will be kind of an exception this year. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if Ben Boulware and his counterpart, B.J. Goodson, stay healthy, it might not be that big of a weak link. We might be a little bit, um, we might be pleasantly surprised. We'll say that. I think regardless, we were the number one defense in the country last year. We should all temper our expectations a little bit. We may not be in the top 10, top five this year um, at defense, but I think it's a matter of if we do get production on the offensive side, let's have this defense keep us in games and you know keep it close with our opponents and just get the ball back on the other side of the other side exactly i think last year we were relying our relying on our defense to actually win games for us whereas this year it's just hey you need to make some stops here and there because our offense can carry probably most of the load absolutely so still feeling good about the defense overall and last but not least let's move on to special teams so most fans whether you're diehard or casual only really notice and talk about special teams uh, when we're shanking punts missing field goals or on the positive side, running kicks back for touchdowns. And I feel like, Cody, you might see all of those things this year from this group. Yeah, I mean, our, our kind of our guy from last year, or our, um, our field goal kicker, Emin Lakeup, went out with a, um, or he was arrested for a cocaine possession DUI. 
So really got off to a bad start. Um, actually, the start was when our three-year punter, Bradley Pinion, got drafted by the 49ers during the offseason. So um, Lakeup has a three-game suspension. Not really sure. That's going to leave us in kind of a bad spot. We're relying on some backups, um, some walk-on uh, you know, guys to come in. So it's not, not looking very promising. Yeah, I mean, clearly place kicking, uh, kickoff, and punter. I mean, those are crucially important in close games and in establishing, like, field position. And, um, you know, it, it, those are important positions. Let's not hope that thinness of talent or turning this, these positions over um, costs us games and, you know, has us losing games. I think we all remember back in kind of the Tommy Bowden days when um, missing field goals in crucial moments was costing us football games. So I don't think we'll be there, but something to keep an eye on for fans, for sure. Yeah, and I don't want to be there either because we, we don't have a great schedule in terms of we're not playing any top five teams, but we have several top 25 games. So there's going to be a few tight ones. And I, I the, word, the last thing I want is it to come down to a field goal. And to that point, though, the thing that we can be a little bit optimistic about are our field goal or our, I'm sorry, our punt returners, kickoff returners. I think we're going to see an uptick there. We're bringing in um, a couple of guys that are a little bit more explosive so i think you know you might we haven't seen a well we saw i think one touchdown returned on a on a on a punt last year i think you might see a few this year at least getting some positive uh, yardage on the in those situations yeah i mean we were spoiled for several years with cj spiller andre ellington um just jamie harper a few really ex- like clemson legends and jacoby ford those guys uh, clemson legends athletic talents returning kicks for us we're going to get that same caliber of athlete back there this year. And I think that can both put some points on the board with runbacks, but at the very least improve our field position. So. Yeah, and there's never been a shortage of athletes at Clemson. So it's just, I don't know, I think it's just the hesitancy of putting those guys there for risk of injury, but also just dropping the ball. So we went with the tried and true Adam Humphreys over the last few years. I think it's time to get a guy back there that can, you know, obviously be reliable, but also take it to the house too. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, we'll see what we get out of the special teams unit overall, but um, let's hope it's at least a net positive, not costing us games. Some of these playmakers can help us flip the field and even put some points on the board. Great. Well, let's, at this point, uh, look ahead at our schedule. We'll run through just all of our games, and we can talk about the noteworthy matchups that we see causing some of us to get more gray hairs, maybe being close games, might even be games we lose. But we'll also take a look at what stretches of the season. We'll have some difficult back-to-back, bounce-back type of games. Uh, So for the first time in a a few years here, Clemson doesn't have a high-profile national game to kick off the season. Uh, We host Wofford um, basically a week from today, Saturday, September 5th, at Death Valley. Um, Then we move on and play App State the next Saturday at Death Valley as well. Um, Cody, what's your stance here? Do you wish we had a high-profile game, knowing some of the question marks we have throughout the team and knowing that it, it might just be good to get some games under our belt? I think, I think it couldn't have worked out any better, the way the schedule is laid out for us. Because, yeah, we had, we've had Georgia, we've had Auburn in the past. Starting next year, we'll have two um, openers, I believe, with Auburn. It couldn't have worked out any better just because we are bringing in this new flock or this new batch of, of you know freshmen and guys that are starting for the first time. So they need to they need to get their feet wet. They need some real live action, and you don't want to do that against a top ten team, which has been the case. You know, playing Georgia and will be next year playing Auburn. So couldn't have worked out any better. 
Wofford runs the triple option like Georgia Tech, uh, which is a very gimmicky offense, and they're going to get some. You know, the defense is going to get some exposure against a you know basically what like a poor man's Georgia Tech essentially. Yeah. So I mean, I, there's no way that Dabo planned for this. I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he predicted it. I think they make the schedules. You know, what four or five years out. Mm. I don't think there's any way he could have planned for this, maybe, but... Well, and I do want to give Wofford credit. The last time we played them, um, they took us into the fourth quarter. Like, it was not a cupcake win. It was not your typical schedule summer from the SoCon um, and just, you know, have it be a cupcake opponent. It was a difficult game. I think part of that might have been discipline and preparation back in 2011 when we played them last. But. Well, that was also Taj Boyd's first year as a starter. A lot mm-hmm. of parallels to this season. Sammy Watkins going mm-hmm. in as a true freshman. Yeah, A lot of new guys. So The coaches, I think, are going to remember that game very well and have this team disciplined and ready to go. Again, we've got new players coming into, the, into their position and starting this year. So try as they might, even if they're motivated, there still might be some rust or some you know, need, to, need to get their footing. But I think we're going to pay attention to this one and come away with a clear win. Hey, we ended up winning the first six games of that season. Ended up, I think, got, got up to number four in the nation, winning an ACC championship. Um, unfortunately, we lost a couple of games that we shouldn't have. Um, but I think the foundation of this team is a lot stronger. Um, but parallels in that, in, in that we're not going to be the same team in game one that we will hopefully be by game ten. So yeah, and you'll see a lot of improvement, is what I'm saying. Exactly. And in terms of not really looking past an opponent, I don't think we'll do so with Wofford or with App State. Everyone remembers Appalachian State taking down Michigan. It was an awesome day. So um, we'll be paying attention to that. I don't think this will be a chance for a hiccup game for us. Um, it's an important matchup, too. They come to the Valley, so that'll be, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, from there, I think we get into our first super difficult stretch of the season where we travel the next Thursday night after App State to, up to Louisville and Papa John Stadium. Um, they're a relatively new ACC opponent for us. They are in Clemson's division, the Atlantic. So this is a very meaningful game. Um, you know, not to go too in-depth of what we're seeing and what we expect from Louisville, but they are going to be a defense-first team this year. And something that hopefully by that point our offensive line is gelling and we do have uh, just our offensive playmakers you know, able to keep up with a very athletic defense. Yeah, this game worries me. I think we're better than Louisville. I think just from a talent standpoint, we're definitely better. But that Thursday night game, there's going to be some butterflies there um, just because traditionally, for whatever reason, the, the home team on Thursday nights outperform you know, the expectations. So it definitely worries me. And yeah, you're right. They have a good defensive team. Our offensive line is going to, you know, it's going to be pushed for the first time. It's going to be really tested. And Bobby Petrino, you know, the infamous Coach Petrino, is in all, in all of his wrongdoings as a as a person, he's a heck of a coach. So that definitely definitely worries me. Absolutely. So that's going to be a tough one on Thursday, September seventeenth. Uh, we then have an open date the following weekend, um, which will lead us one week afterwards to Clemson hosting uh, preseason number eleven Notre Dame at the Valley on Saturday, October third. Um, I think I'm going to book a ticket and go to this one, Cody. Um, it's going to cost an arm and a leg, but. Um, I think it's going to be an incredible atmosphere at Death Valley. You know, we'll see what the schedule or what our records look like, but you know, going to be a high-profile national game for us. Good chance to get additional exposure for our high-powered offense. Um, but Notre Dame is ranked, coming in ranked number eleven. They're going to be a tough opponent. I, I agree. I th- I mean, they're generally overranked. I think we can both agree. Yeah. But they they are a good team. They're turning a lot. You know, you're, you can expect a well-coached football team with with um, with 
probably pretty good on offense and you know i don't know about defense but yeah it high profile game and good for the acc brand i know they're not technically an acc team but just a one of those great night games we hope you know eight o'clock uh, maybe even college game day will make it out for this one this um it's good this is what we hope notre dame would bring to the table when they you know halfway entered the acc and i think that's what we're getting this this season yeah and what i'm reading about them is they do have you know a handful of nfl first round caliber talent they also have a lot of very junior depth coming in so it's like very high high highs maybe some low lows for notre dame so feel pretty good about clemson's chances in that one especially with it being at home there you go just being at home i think that that puts puts uh it's it's favorable favorable for us and we have a pretty good uh amount of time prior to that game off as well leading in um what we don't have a lot of time for is the georgia tech game which is the following saturday you know they're a tough team to play any week of the year but when you have a short, not really a short week, but a finite amount of time to prepare for them makes it even harder. Coming off a couple of tough games in a row as well, this could be really challenging for us. Georgia Tech is preseason ranked number 16. Uh, a lot of people expect them to play above that ranking. But it, what we've seen from Georgia Tech in recent years is anytime you expect them to have a down year, they'll bounce back and surprise you. Anytime expectations are high, the wheels come off and something goes wrong there. So. They always play us tough, though, regardless of how their season's going. Yeah, and kind of how Notre Dame gets a little bit overranked, it seems that they get a little bit, they're a little bit underrated. And I, I think it, well, it definitely... people call it a gimmicky triple option offense. I think it's effective. It's worked. Last year, they really outperformed almost anyone in the ACC short of Florida State. And this year, they have a, a really capable quarterback that we're going to be facing. So... Um, I would say, yeah, it's not, it's not a very common style of offense, but you know, yeah. they're, they're pretty potent. I, I agree. They have a really good quarterback. Unlike most seasons where they have a running back playing quarterback, they have a guy that's as athletic as a running back but can also throw, uh, throw the ball a little bit too. So, it, yeah, that game definitely scares me. Again, I'm glad it's at, it's at home. Um, but, I mean, you're talking about three games in a row right there that we could, we could very well lose. Lose or, or they'll end up being you know, very close games. Um, after that stretch, we face Boston College. So that's three weeks in a row at Death Valley. Uh, Boston College in a rebuilding mode. I think it's their second or third year under a new head coach. So hopefully that's one we can handle. Won't be too maybe beat up or, or tired. Um, the next week, we travel to Miami, to the Hurricanes. And the week after that, we face or we head on the road again to NC State. So two road games in a row. NC State always a tough place for us to play. Um, Miami, their coach is on the hot seat. You know, they do have talent, but from what I'm reading, not a lot of folks are expecting them to win very many games, especially against their better teams they face, like Clemson. They do. I mean, for one, you're at Miami, and um, you're still playing some very talented guys. They haven't been a great team, but I mean, you're talking about, you know, of your first four, or I guess that would be your first five conference games, four of them are pretty tough, and, you know, it's... It's not your your mom your your mom or dad's ACC schedule, whatever you want to call it. This yeah. is a this is a pretty tough tough schedule, and it's not again. All these teams are in above average in the ACC, basically. Yeah, and then right. no top ten, top five necessarily. Georgia Tech or Notre Dame could be there, but I mean some some legit teams. Yeah. So after after the those three games there, and again we hope traveling up to NC State, where Clemson's dropped some disappointing games in the past, uh, we get through that stretch. We come home Saturday, November 7th, 
I think it's the biggest game on our schedule. Uh, we'll be hosting Florida State. So back at the Valley, um, we've heard that Florida State has their star running back is going to be playing this year, Dalvin Cook. Um, so, Cody, Florida State, what do you think? I'm worried, as always, because we're, we're seeing some of the, the positive trends from bringing in really good recruits and that you're able to reload and not, and not just rebuild. Well, Florida State's able to do that every year because they're bringing even, you know, even higher rated classes than we are. So I, when you're recruiting at that high of a level, you're always going to see more talented guys. The only thing is they're just not a seasoned. Um, that's going to be a tough game. I'm glad it's at home. I think we can. I, I think we should beat them with a healthy Deshaun Watson, but that's the game you can circle. Like if we're undefeated at that point and we beat Florida State, like we can see the playoff from that point. We can. It's it's in our. It, it, it's it's that light at the end of the tunnel. We see it. Absolutely. I mean, it will be. Again, I think it is the toughest one on our schedule. If I'm seeing losses in any of these games, I feel like that might be one, even though it is at home for us. But um, it's interesting. The past few years, we've faced Florida State in September and haven't gotten their team when they have had time to gel. Our team hasn't either. Here we're playing them, you know, in the, I think it's, you know, the eighth, ninth week of the year in early November. Um, both teams will know their identity by then. Hopefully that is a top five, top 10 matchup, but we'll see. Um, so it's interesting. It's later on in the season. Unfortunately, it's after two road games for us, but it's also not in the middle of that like murders row stretch earlier in the year either. Yeah, it's both good and bad because you're going to get some time to, to see what both teams have and you know get that time for, to gel. Yep. But Florida State needs that time as well because they're bringing in a lot of new guys too. So um, they're, rated, they're rated top. Uh, they're ranked number ten by the in the AP poll, which I think is a little bit has them a little bit overranked. But I think similar to us, they're going to be better at the end of the year. So I think maybe 10 might be appropriate. Just think, just knowing, though, starting off the season, they're probably not a top 10 team. Definitely. Florida State's going to get the benefit of the doubt the way that Duke gets the benefit of the doubt in basketball. Exactly. Um, and after Florida State, two ACC games in a row that probably won't test any of our, our patients. Uh, we travel to Syracuse the next week, and then we get uh, Wake Forest for our final game at home this year. So these should be... No question, big wins for Clemson. That's what I'm saying. If we can beat Florida State, you can start to see where we're gonna, where we're headed, and and you know, under the uh, under the idea that we are undefeated at that point. Either way, those should be victories for us, and end the year with some momentum. As we head into Columbia, um, just after Thanksgiving, games down there this year, South Carolina. Uh, Cody, what what's your sort of one minute South Carolina season preview? What what should we expect from them this season? Well, they, they were really bad on defense last year. It was a dumpster fire. They're, they're going to be a little bit better. They didn't have a, a pass rush. They've, got in a, they've brought in a few junior college guys. They have a few really good true freshmen that should make an impact. I mean, they're not going to be, you know, become a top 10 defense like they were with Javion Clowney you know, from a few years ago, but they are going to be better. Um, offensively, I think it's going to be a lot of the same. Um, they have one really good playmaker in Farrah Cooper, and that's, that's about it. They're bringing in, bringing in a, new, a new quarterback. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect. You know, Dylan Thompson was their guy last year. Before that, um, Connor Shaw, who was really good. I, I don't think you're going to see a lot from them on offense. So altogether, they might be a top 25 team, maybe kind of a fringe team. We are better than them. However, we're playing in Columbia, so that definitely worries me. They'll have a chip on their shoulder too, coming off of having the streak broken last year. Rivalry game. They'd love to topple us, especially if we're playing for something special like you know, a big time bowl game or a playoff spot. So 
Um, can't look past that whenever, especially not this year. And, you know, let's just beat up on our uh, little brother in the state. That's right. It's And, yeah, you're, you're exactly right, though. We come in with one loss or undefeated. You know, they can – This could, I mean, and they're, you know, they're like a five- or six-loss team by that point. Then, yeah, they're going to put everything into this game. And so will Coach Spurrier. Absolutely. Well, that basically wraps up our schedule. Clearly, if we're in position to play it, ACC championship game, once again, will be in Charlotte. Uh, that takes place, it looks like, on uh, December 5th. So hopefully we're there. Dr. Pepper is the sponsor yet again. Um, love those uh, comp- contests at halftime where you have to throw the ball in the big, giant Dr. Pepper can. I've always wanted to do one of those or like the free throw competitions, but I feel like it looks so easy. But if you're doing it in front of everyone, wouldn't you be so nervous? Yeah, and I also don't like when they do the chest pass technique. I think it should be an overhand throw in the spirit of, you know, football. Right. They do a chest. Who does a chest pass? A lot of that's the most effective way basically to win, win that is like a, you're chest passing a basketball. Oh. So you think it's cheating? I think it's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I want to see them, you know, with a quarterback style throw. I agree. Okay. So anyway, uh, hopefully Clemson's playing in that one. And um, from there, you know, if we're fortunate enough to be in the position to make a playoff berth, those happen, of course. Uh, The semifinal games happen New Year's Eve. Um, And then the college football national championship is on January 11th. So, Cody, let's let's maybe shift shift gears. Enough talk here. Let's talk about predictions for the season. Where do you see Clemson finishing the year? What's our record? You know, if we have any losses, who are they against? And talk me through games that you think might be closer than not. Yeah, I think, I don't think there's a lot of in the middle. We are, we're coming in the season ranked number 12. I don't think we'll end at number 12. We'll be top 10, maybe even top five, or we'll be, you know, kind of bottom part of the top 30, we'll say. And the reason for that is the margin of error is very small because there's not a lot of depth on our team. But, Assuming that you know, assuming that we hold up and the key players, the kind of guys that we talked about, stay healthy, then I think we are a playoff team. It's that simple. I think our, our quarterback Deshaun Watson is that good. So I think that puts us like in a good position to win literally every game, mm-hmm. and then make the playoff. People are predicting that we will be favored in every game of the season. I mean, we'll see by the time we. I think that's going to be true. We'll see if that is true by the time we face Florida State. You know, I think it's going to matter on record at that point. Um, both teams being undefeated by that point, I think you would have Clemson. You'd have to give us the edge being at home. And just what that would mean, I mean, we do play some probably a tougher schedule than them by that point. So you would think that we would move up the rankings. Um, We're not going to get a lot of respect. It, yeah. it just, especially after Florida State laid an egg last year. Uh, you know, become, being undefeated and then right. getting beat so bad by Oregon. ACC gets no respect. We're not going to get a lot of respect. We, I think in my mind, have to go undefeated. Um, so we could do that. That's kind of a best-case scenario, and it's it's very realistic. But being favored to win every game and actually winning every game, two completely different stories. So I, I could definitely see a loss against, like you said, Florida State, possibly that Thursday night at Louisville. And then, um, obviously, Notre Dame. Those are the games that scare me. And I think we do come out with one, maybe even two losses. That's my realistic um, kind of my prediction. Yeah, I would agree. I think my prediction is I'm going to say 10-2. and Um, And I see Georgia Tech and Florida State as the losses that we may have there. You could obviously swap either of those out for Louisville. I, I don't really see a loss for us at Notre Dame or 
hosting Notre Dame, uh, but potentially that Louisville game is just too early on the road, too athletic a team for Clemson to handle. But I, I do think we get past them and past um, Notre Dame. If we go 11-1, and I think it'll be losing to Florida State and beating Georgia Tech. Um, but I, you know, I personally feel like for me, it's about a 20% chance that we run the table. Um, I don't know that facing a coastal opponent in the ACC championship game, I think I'd, I'd gladly face any of those teams, including Virginia Tech, the really good defense, including Georgia Tech a second time. I think, um, you know, we can handle it. I agree. And you say 20% chance of winning every game. I think just the fact, I mean, maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 5%. Hell, maybe it's 30%, but just the fact that we have, we, we it's realistic that we can run the table and get into that 14 playoff, like makes my stomach just kind of bubble up and like, you know, it, 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 a lot of excitement there. And I, going back to Deshaun Watson, just want to make a quick comparison. You know, Cam Newton, his one year at Auburn, we played them to begin, to begin the season. We weren't a great team back then. We almost beat them. We were up, I think, three touchdowns. They came back. They weren't very good then. They got better. Um, they rode Deshaun, or, uh, Cam Newton that whole season. He got better. He became you know, had one of the most special years in, in uh, college football history. And they were really an above-average team that became great because of a great quarterback. And that's that could be the story for Clemson. And that's why I'm optimistic this year. Absolutely. So I think if you know breaks go our way, we could be talking about 11, 12-win team uh, that gets in. Uh, so let's hope that's the case. I think either way, we are going to be keeping track of this closely on the podcast. Um, just to give you all a quick heads up for the season, what we're going to do is every week we'll record a, a week preview episode for the upcoming game. We'll hope to get that out on Wednesdays. And we'll also touch on any news happening elsewhere in college football, the world of Clemson, you know, anything noteworthy that we're seeing. We'll get that into our, our sort of Wednesday recordings. Um, games will typically happen on, on Saturday, and we'll get a very quick, uh, no-nonsense recap of that game up, probably Sunday or Monday, um, and then hit the next week on the following Wednesday coming through. So, um, you know, we're going to try to stick to an ambitious two-a-week recording schedule. Appreciate everyone tuning in and listening. Cody, any last thoughts? Yeah, hey, man, we, we have day jobs. Uh, we, we do this for free. So but just because we enjoy doing it, we love Clemson. We want to stay engaged and stay connected to our, you know, fellow alumni and Clemson fans everywhere. So, you know, tell tell your friend about us and if you listen to us uh, on your on your way to work, whatever. Um, we we appreciate it and we appreciate any feedback. Absolutely, and I guess we'll just end with. I mean, I feel like this this can be a very special year for Clemson. Um, a lot to look forward to, a lot to be optimistic about. We should all feel really good as fans. It's probably the most optimistic I've been heading into a year realistically um, i think in the past we've been overhyped in some spots but you know we do have this chance so um it's a great time to be a tiger clemson tiger absolutely uh with that thanks to everybody check us out online subscribe to us um, on your favorite podcasting app and go tigers